0: Bad Quaker podcast where liberty is our mission. Today is Monday, July 8th, 2013. This is podcast number 328, and my name is Ben Stone. Today's podcast is going to be an interview that I did with Drew Phillips. Drew and I had a lot of fun at Porkfest, and then uh, about a week after Porkfest, we talked to each other on Skype. And this is the recording of it. Now, before we get into that, a real quick update. My wife and I are still in our RV, still on the road, uh, moving from campground to campground. We've kind of found one that's really comfortable here, and we've stayed a few extra days. But uh, but we're having a lot of fun moving across country. So if you're following uh, Bad Quaker uh, Facebook, or if you're one of my Facebook friends uh, as Ben Stone on Facebook, or if you're on the Bad Quaker Forum or whatever, and you haven't seen me. It's because I'm pretty much not on the internet. Uh, we, you know, uh, the, I've done I've done the recordings and so forth, and then uh, when we get a chance, I, I get a hotspot or whatever, and we upload them. And so we've been trying to uh, to keep the you know the process going. But as my wife and I are moving around, and as we're enjoying what is basically a vacation for us. Uh, you know, I'm not spending any real time at all uh, just surfing the internet or playing around on Facebook or anything. And it's really, you know, I hate to admit it, but uh, Michael Dean said this a long time ago when he was dropping off of Facebook that it really frees up a lot of time and it frees up a lot of energy to be away from Facebook. And I find that to be the case. Facebook is really, um, it's very draining for me. It, it eats a lot of time and I'm not sure that it really. Um, you know, I the longer I'm away from Facebook, the less I want to go back to it. So I may end up not being over there at all. But we do have some really good people that are running the Bad Quaker, uh, BadQuaker.com Facebook page. And if you're on Facebook and you want to interact uh, through that, that's a great way to do it. Um, the uh, The moderators take care of the BadQuaker.com Facebook and um, and I need to actually communicate with them more than I do. I really appreciate the work that they're, that they're doing. And the same way with the monitors at the forum. Eventually, I will be back home and eventually, well, we assume I'll be back home. I, no one knows the future. But eventually, uh, it's our plan to be back home in, in a few days or maybe a week. And, uh, you know, maybe I can get back on the forum and start interacting with the folks there as well. But I want to make the forum my primary place to uh, to interact rather than, uh, than anywhere else. So, anyway, um, no more explanation. Here's my interview with Drew, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. And with me on Skype, and uh, as always I warn that Skype's not always that dependable, but with me on Skype is Drew Phillips, and Drew and I had a real hoot at Porkfest just a few days ago or a week ago or two weeks ago or something, I can't remember, because I'm still on the road, still enjoying the afterglow of Porkfest. Drew, welcome to the Bad Quaker Podcast. How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm good, Ben. Thanks so much for having me here.
0: Hey, let's talk about we the did fun. Have a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> let's ha let's talk about the fun we had at the uh Bad Quaker campsite. With Davi and, uh, oh man, who all was there? Uh, you were there, I was there, Davi uh, Barker was there, and, um, oh, and Ernie the tool was there. The
1: Toolbus family.
0: Yeah, and the, to- the whole tool bus family was there. Ernie Hancock was there from Freedoms Phoenix. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, thanks uh, for that, Ben. We had a we had, it was at a Sunday night afterglow party at your uh, at your trailer site there after Pork Fest, and everyone had pretty much left the, the campground, and um, we were hidden away in the back there. And uh, you you and the family and the wife put on a great spread and had some some grub and and just sort of enjoyed uh, the aftermath of of a full week of Pork Fest. That was um, it was pretty wild. This was my my third year going to uh, to the Pork Fest and. I had a really good time, and yeah, the uh, the party you put on was fun. Uh, we had a little campfire and some beers and some uh, and our our um, what was our uh, Bitcoin not bombs bomber pinata <laughs> that yeah. Davi made, and uh, and it was filled with stateless sweets candy, and there was uh, a Maji medals uh, silver round in it, and uh, and we uh, we got to uh, to explode the pinata. Actually, what oh, was she about twelve year twelve years old?
0: Yeah, we something
1: like that. We let a 12-year-old destroy a pinata with a machete. Um, only at Porkfest is that acceptable. Uh, anywhere else in the world, you would have CPS called on you instantly.
0: Yeah, and she um, welded that machete pretty well, too. She hit it in the first whack and just whacked it right open.
1: Yeah, you know, so so Ernie Hancock kept asking, well, put a leash on her and put it on her wrist, you know, on around the machete, and she says, oh, I don't need that. I'm not going to let go, and and then I felt bad because her father and mother start walking over and I said, hey, Paul, you know, maybe this wasn't the most responsible thing, but we put a machete in your daughter's hand. And he looked at her and he looked at Davi and he says, my responsibility as a parent is to make sure that my daughter is safe. And right now she's perfectly fine. It's Davi that I'm worried about.
0: <laughs> yeah, she was.
1: <laughs> you know, but, but that's his problem, she said, you know.
0: Yeah, those those were great people. The the tool bus people were really some great people. They were our neighbors there and we really had some fun with them.
1: Yeah, that that was fun. I, I like um for those who've never been to Porkfest, uh, you can you can camp in Agra Valley and near the music hall and where it's loud and people tend to, to stay up late and have conversations. Or you can stay in the back and I recommend the back and I thought we had a we had our own little uh, uh, spot there uh, with your trailer, the tool bus, and where we were staying. So it was it was nice to have our own little uh, uh, away from the party zone, uh, so to speak. So that was a lot of fun.
0: That really was. And Davi had that um, that uh, Bitcoin pinata. It's the only Bitcoin pinata that I'm aware of. Have you, or Have you seen another one?
1: <laughs> I think that's another world's first from from Bitcoin nut bombs uh, the idea came up we we, we really wanted to uh, to make a pinata out of a PayPal logo and we thought that'd be a good fundraiser and people could like take a swing at PayPal for a dollar and uh, and it just never came together and and so Davi started tinkering around with bombers and and uh, he had paper airplane models and then he figured out how to sort of make the to scale it up in size, and uh, we just we needed something big enough to put stateless suites in. It was sort of this obvious cross promotion opportunity with them, and uh, and Maji medals, and we put in some of the, one of their silver rounds, but nobody ever realized that. And, uh, but anyway, but it was fun. So we had this bomber, this pinata all week, and we never really let anyone take a swing at it. Just kind of sat out on Jillian's table, and uh, and then that last night, yeah, we decided to swing it, but there was no tree to be had, so Davi's just swinging it around his head, and then a 12-year-old has a machete, your machete, and uh, right, she got three good whacks at it and connected on all three, and on the third one, man, the candy just flew everywhere, so that was a lot of fun, and um, and that's just sort of the weird creative stuff that, uh, that, that I don't know, I think about this stuff all the time, but Porkfest is like this place uh where you it's, it's like summer camp in that way where you can sort of go and and give your creative uh spiel and come up with some fun skits and and uh, and that's sort of a, a fun place to perform them for people and and do sort of entertaining uh things like that. So um I think that's why I enjoy going to Porkfest so much. It's it's summer camp for the mind.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. And there's, you know, a wild diversity. I say this all the time, but there's just this wild diversity. Everything from uh, you, with uh, keeping in mind the family audience, the giant white dome tent. You know, did you know about that?
1: Yeah, I heard some rumors about what was going on uh, up there, the, the uh, geodesic dome. Uh, but I, I didn't see for myself. I'll just put it that way. <laughs>
0: But everything from that to, you know, really family-oriented stuff, there was family activities, there was the zombie versus humans uh, game that sort of went over the entire campground. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was really crazy and, and a lot of fun.
1: Of the three years that I've gone, this year was certainly the most amount of young um, children and families uh, that I've seen in the past two, the three years. Two years ago, it was sort of a a wild Mardi Gras party, as it was described, uh, and then from there it's sort of toned down a bit, and uh, and they've they, they really focused on, you know, making it welcoming for families, and, and and I've seen an increase in that, so that's great, um, and I think it's great to see teenagers and, and young teens, um, not just there, you know, having a summer vacation, but they're sort of learning about libertarianism without feeling like they're learning about you know libertarianism, so um, I think that's great, and uh, and I think they, the the free state should be proud of the festival that they put on,
0: in that sense. Hey, uh, since we were talking about bitcoins, not bombs, and we were talking about the um, the actual coin that was uh, was in there, um, that one was from uh, uh, that one was from Amage Metals, wasn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, it was it was it was an AOCs round. I was referring to the the Rothbard round. I'm actually the proud owner of that round now, but uh, it's uh, it was a um, it's minted by uh, AOCs. But yeah, it was being sold by Imagie Metals, and and uh, we we were happy to help uh, get some of their banners out to, to you and Jillian, and and make sure that people knew about um, their service and that you can get medals over there. Um, and one of the reasons I think that was in, significant at Porkfest was everyone. Everyone's sort of abandoning silver for Bitcoin these days in the Liberty movement, and uh, I, I I still think the two go hand in hand. But uh, if you're uh, if you're looking to sell your Bitcoins, why sell for war dollars when you can buy silver? You know, um, so that's um, that was certainly a lot of fun to to bring them and let people know about. Uh, um, I call it a maji, but how, how do you say it? Uh,
0: I I say it different almost every time I say it. So, <laughs> oh, okay,
1: go. amagi is good.
0: a maji.
1: Yeah, so um so that was a lot of fun and yeah and, and then the, the the pinata like I said it, it did have a silver round snuck in it but it was mine anyway so
0: um. <laughs> unless one of the others of us grabbed it first and then, then you
1: wouldn't know that's, that's that's right but luckily I was able to re- retain my um but it's a beautiful round um, and it like I said it's an ACS piece and they make they make really good stuff but um. Who doesn't like you know Murray Rothbard on a silver round? And they had some other ones. And they have their uh, marijuana legalize it. You know, with a pot leaf. And uh, they were just, they. So we were just showcasing uh, some of their silver rounds there at, at Jillian's booth in Niagara Valley. And then on the last day, she was auctioning them off. And it it showed that uh, there was quite a market. People do um people do enjoy uh, you know a good looking round like that. And it does have sort of a a higher trade value. And and um, I don't know how much silver bartering and trading is going on, you know, sort of throughout the country amongst uh, libertarians uh, and anarchists, but uh, at Porkfest, there's quite a bit of it going on, and, uh, and that's always fun to see. It's sort of a proof of concept or really just maybe an example, and, and, uh, and we can all sort of get together and feel, you know, what it's like to trade and sound money uh, for the week uh, and buy a hot dog or, um, you know, some vendors weren't taking them this year for logistical reasons, and I understand that, uh, weren't taking silver in general. Uh, but others were, and there was a. There was even finally an exchange, which is something that's sort of been, you know, three years in the work. Um, you know, two years ago, copper was really popular, and there were people trading copper, and there was a, a sort of a liquid market for that. And then these silver trinkets, like uh, the dime cards and Shire silver, have been popular in past years. But there's never really been an exchange, uh, a real time exchange, and uh, that, that someone was providing that service this year, so that was interesting. And and of course, they were not only converting silver to dollars but also bitcoin was in the mix so that was kind of cool um and there was right there was the the bitcoin machine was there so you could just if you had fiat dollars you could go get bitcoins really easily uh and then to spend the bitcoins um just about everybody there had a qr code out and was accepting bitcoin so um it, it was it was the festival without fiat was one of the uh the headlines i read recently about it so that was kind of fun
0: I think there's some confusion too right now uh, about what's going on in the precious metal market uh, because the there it seems like there's some price instability or some volatility. But um, you know, I, I don't look at this at all as a time to worry about the metal prices. I look at it as a really good opportunity to uh, to get some metals a little bit cheaper than we have recently. Uh, because I don't see any possible way in the long run, I mean short term they, it, they can do anything, but I don't see any way in the long term that they're going to do anything other than go up.
1: I I would agree and right. I mean we're, we're back down to 1850 and, and it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, but you're right, it's a great time to buy and you may have lost uh, – Technically, lost some of your value over the last six months to a year to two years, but um, yeah, in my mind, it's all worth fifty an ounce. I mean, it, it is manipulation. Um, they're selling silver that doesn't exist. It costs more to mine it than it does to buy it, which isn't true. If you you know you, you, you know you may say that the spot price right now is twenty dollars or eighteen fifty or whatever it is, but go into your local coin shop and try to buy silver at that price. It won't happen. The premiums are up. And, and you're you're not going to pay you're not going to get silver at this price. Um, you, well, you can, but so 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 there's, there's they're having this huge supply issue, um, and places like Amaji Metals, even other big brokerages um, that that I've worked with, are having a problem getting physical supply in, and and it is manipulation. And if everybody just demanded to take. Uh, physical uh, possession of all this silver it would shake out pretty quickly that, that that it's 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 being that the price is being manipulated and the supply is not there so what that really means is silver should be thirty dollars an ounce it should be something closer to that um, so we're seeing manipulation and in and, and that's why I say in my mind it's all worth 50 so yeah buy it if you can if you can get your hands on it um, junk silvers uh, circulated silver is a, a cheap way to get into silver um, but if you can get it bullion um, ounces get them and get them at a good price and just hold them. You know, this is, this is a long-term thing. Uh, it may take a few years, but at some point the, the card game has to sort of crumble and uh, and silver will go back up to where it, it's more realistically priced. Um, you can't say what that is, but it's much higher than it is now.
0: Yeah, uh, can you hear me right now, Drew? I can. Okay.
1: Sorry, I'm having a thunderstorm here as well.
0: Yeah, that's okay. Skype sure. has given me some error messages, but I think we're still getting a pretty good recording out of it, so we can just press on. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I, that's really one of the reasons, I hate to sound like we're doing a commercial here, because we're really not doing a commercial, but that's one of the reasons why that I'm, I'm really kind of very happy uh, to be on board with the Magi Metals, because they're actually shipping metal, that, and a lot of people are not. A lot of people are either shutting down or they're, you know, they're backing off in one way or the other because the supply is just not there. And like you're saying, you know, real value is based on supply and demand. And there's a big demand right now for real metal that you can hold in your hands, not scribbles on a piece of paper. And that's what's throwing off the market is that there's these manipulations that are going on with people who have sold stuff that was just scribbles on paper. It wasn't Actual stuff that arrives in the mail, and you can hold it and put it in a sock and put it in your drawer or whatever.
1: Right, and um, and you're right. Uh, Amagi's still shipping, and they're still they're fighting they're fighting as well to get you know their supply in like everybody else. But right, if you go to your local coin shop, you'll notice that that when the prices drop like this, they pull their inventory from the shelves. And it isn't so much that they pull their inventory because they they're taking a loss because the price has just gone down. They're pulling their inventory because. If they can't replace it at the price they sold it at, they're really going to take a loss. You can sell silver uh, lo- at a lower price so long as you can replace it. That's how most brokerage houses work. As soon as they make a sale, they go right out to the market and they buy exactly as much silver for the exact same price. Most brokers just don't think in terms of dollars, they only think in terms of ounces. So As long as their pile of silver is always the same price, they make money on the turn selling and buying. Um, but when you have a supply problem like you do now, and you can't replace the silver that you just sold, you're you're going to lose your shirt. And a lot of these smaller uh, local coin shops um, they have they have to pull their inventory for that reason. Um, so it's great to have somebody like Amaji who's taking Bitcoin as well, uh, and th- you can actually take delivery and actually get some silver, uh, like you said, in your sock drawer or wherever you might keep it. Um, so so that's interesting, and and uh, and I think Pork Fest showed that. If, 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 people, if the manipulators are allowed to manipulate silver as they do, uh, people do get sort of gun-shy and, and won't spend it. They might hoard it more, or there, there certainly are people who are panicking and selling their silver. I don't think that's the right move, but that's happening. Uh, so, so Porkfest, uh, for, for all the credit that it gets as sort of the, the big silver trading festival of the year, uh, this year uh, I think it, it definitely took a backseat to Bitcoin. Um, and and there was certainly, which is funny because there's 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 a real Wi-Fi connection problem at Porkfest, Fest, uh, but yet people were still doing Bitcoin transactions. So, um, go figure, right? You're out in the middle of the woods, and, and people would rather use digital currency than physical currency when it's much harder to spend. But I guess that's, um, you know, that's uh, that's what the people want.
0: And I and I should mention uh, so our audience knows that. Um I'm in the understanding that a lot of the Wi-Fi problems are going to be taken care of for next year. They they really expect a much better Wi-Fi for 2014 than we've seen in the past.
1: Yeah, they said that last year, but, you know, the the running joke was, uh, you know, oh, the uh, the NSA doesn't have to come spy on us. All they have to do is just put in an extra cell tower and they can monitor <laughs> what's going on, you know. But.
0: <laughs> Maybe they heard that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure they did, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just it's a hit or miss thing. If you have Verizon, you're usually good to go. But if you got any of the others, you're 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 SOL. So, um, uh, but I, I don't mind it. I the last few years, it's been the same story. By about Wednesday, I, I stopped checking my email and my phone, and I let the battery die, and then I throw it in a corner, and I don't think about it for the rest of the week. So I don't I don't mind. Um, it does make Bitcoin transactions a bit more difficult, uh, and I know some people had a few problems with it, but uh, but I like being out there and being off-grid and, and, and getting away from that stuff for a while, so it's it's a vacation in that sense and, and, uh, and, a, and a fun one at that. So,
0: You know, I think that's one of the things that I really enjoy about uh, about being out in the RV and driving around with my wife at different campgrounds and stuff is that it kind of gives me an excuse not to be on Facebook and not to be... You know, on the Internet, uh, every day, updating, talking to people. I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll admit in that sense I'm kind of a loner and I kind of prefer to hide in the in the woods in the camper than, uh, than be on the Internet constantly. So in a sense, that's what Porkfest is. It's an excuse for me to where I can say, well, sorry, you know, I have T-Mobile. There's no coverage. My
1: phone is dead. Don't even bother. I, and I'm jealous, so there you go. I mean, that's, uh, I, I do, I think, you know, someone said that we live in such a connected world, but yet um, we're really not all that connected with each other, um, and so these sort of fake digital uh, relationships that we have aren't um, aren't as fulfilling as the ones we used to have when we used to sit around and, and sit around a campfire and, 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 you know, and talk and, and talk about these things and, and share ideas, so. Um, people may feel connected because they have a device in their hand but they, they really aren't um, so so I, I, I too uh, look to look to find reasons to ignore Facebook and get off it and, and not check my phone as much and, and things like that and so yeah Porkfest is a great excuse um, but you know I, maybe I should uh, you know take, take take the word from you and get an RV and, and just hit the road and uh, but, you know, I'm not there in my life yet. But I do, I am, I am sort of jealous of your setup. That's a really slick little tr- uh, RV you got, and I think that'd be a lot of fun to, uh, you know, retire and, and take on the country and, you know, go where you want to go. Yeah, as
0: Michael W. Dean says, uh, he, he refers to myself and my wife, he says they drive around the country with a dog in a van solving mysteries.
1: <laughs> oh, but your dog's not Scooby-Doo, is it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: not quite that big. Um, hey, uh, so I hate to go into the direction of, a weather, uh, of the weather, but since we can hear the rumbles in the background, you guys have been in a long, hot, dry stretch, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I, I live in the, in the desert, and um, it's, it was 115 degrees this last few weeks. Uh, I was actually gone for the hottest week of the year for Fest, so that was great that I got to miss that. But um, yeah, I live in southern Arizona, and it's um, 107 right now. Uh, but right now the monsoon season is rolling in so i have thunderstorms and a small amount of rain falling and this is this is the sweet time of the year this is the best time of the year to be in southern arizona it is hot it is more humid than normal uh, but the monsoon season is beautiful the the moisture comes down in the afternoon uh, and it rains in the evening. Um, the next day the, the heat comes in and all the, the moisture gets evaporated up into the sky and at about 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the afternoon after it cools off, all that moisture just falls right back down to the ground again. And it happens you know, over and over, day in and day out for a month. And uh, it's really uh, the most beautiful time. We're sort of um, world-renowned uh, world for our lightning storms uh, here in Tucson most of the most famous photos you've ever seen of lightning was taken uh, somewhere in southern Arizona. Um, so it's just a great place to be sitting on the back patio um, and enjoying this weather. Um, so do we you, tolerate the heat for this type of stuff.
0: Do you have any plans on going to the uh, uh, Jackalope Festival?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I think I committed to doing to doing that. Um, but I don't even know what it is. I have to probably – I should look. Uh uh, I'm not the organizer, so don't ask me to do a commercial for it. But my good friend Alma, uh, is. she was inspired by Porkfest to sort of do her own um, festival. And she did it last year, and they went up to a place called Baca Meadows, which I'm familiar with the area uh, up in northern Arizona. It's very beautiful. Um, it's up in the mountains. So it's very cool. Very remote. Um, yeah, very, very remote. They're back there, back there, in the back there. And uh, and so from the pictures I saw, I mean, I, I sort of get the geography and I, and I think it'd be a great place to go and camp and, but right, so there's this sort of like uh, c- competitive thing where it's, you know, it's got to be bigger, better than Fest, And I'm going, I, I don't think you can achieve that in the second year and I certainly don't want to be involved in trying. Uh, so I don't, I don't intend to go and do anything major. I just intend to go and, and sit down and camp and enjoy uh, people's company. Um, so uh, no big plans for that, but I do think I'll go up for the weekend. And like I said, the area up in northeastern Arizona is a really beautiful place.
0: Yeah, my wife and I were very tempted uh, to go. The distance from Ohio, though, is just crushing. And, you know, yeah. the motorhome gets, we get like eight miles to the gallon. So <laughs> about every two or three hours, we're dropping $100 into the tank. Uh, so, sure. it, you know, it's it's a little rough. We decided not to try it this year. But I definitely hope that that grows because the West needs something like that. They have, you know, there's the big uh, libertarian thing in Las Vegas every year, and I'm not—that's you know, not a
1: libertarian event.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. You just look at who who <laughs> the main people are. It's more like a Cato LP party type event.
1: Yeah, their yeah. their L's are so big, they're R's. <laughs> That's. Right. We're talking about Freedom Fest and they say that it's a libertarian event, but I've never been convinced. It's uh it's yeah, it's it's a beltway type of thing. And, yeah. and A lot of, you know, former Republicans who pretend to be libertarians. So sorry, I had to stop you when you said big libertarian event on the West Coast. It's not. Yeah. And libertopia this, is libertopia is pretty good, but
0: Yeah, I started to say that. There's the one in San Diego that's Libertopia. And that's a pretty big event. But then again, for me, you know, that's going to Arizona and then going on to California. So that's even more $100 bills in the gas tank. And then in addition to that, you have to go into California. And that's almost as bad as, like, going into North Korea, except it's prettier, you know?
1: (laughs) Right. People live in California because the weather's nice. I get it. But it is such a status, you know... I'll censor myself for your younger audience, but, uh, right, why have a Freedom Festival right in the middle of one of the nastiest, status you know, places in the country, but I guess they need it most, you know, I, my, 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 my criticism of the Free State Project is, why'd you pick New Hampshire, you know, challenge yourself a little bit, you know, go to Massachusetts, you know, New Hampshire was already a free state, why, you know, but... But I still think they do great work. But, um, but you're right. So by California. But I, I've gone to that event uh, the last few years, Libertopia. That is, and they always put on a good show. I think um, I've always enjoyed the program and a lot of good minds and libertarian thinkers. And and uh, and they sort of make it. They try to make it festival-ish and, and sort of have have a party and, and let people unwind and, and do that kind of thing. So. Um, but it's nothing, nothing yet that I've ever been to compares to Porkfest. It is so different than any conference or event you've ever been to.
0: Um, yeah, uh, the Libertopia is—it's mostly an indoor event, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So uh, Libertopia was actually outdoors the last two years in sort of a, a courtyard, but it was a hotel, you um, know, a music venue hotel. So there was this outdoor courtyard where uh, everybody. Uh, would gather for the main speakers and for the main stage events. Um, but but it is a hotel. It's still a conference room. There's still breakout rooms. And this year they're actually doing it in a different location uh, than the downtown convention center, I think. And uh, so it is going to be much more of an indoor event this year, um, which is okay. I like change, change things up. Um, but the, the, the setup they've had the last two years was kind of nice because it was right by the bay. Uh, it's right there on the harbor, and you could see the boats and the seagulls, and you could, you know, smell the the, the sea air, the salt uh, water air, you know, coming in. So that was a nice aspect of it. But uh, but this year, right, it'll be indoors, so we'll see how that that pans out. And they're sort of doing this; they're calling it the village, and they want us to build these ten by ten um, tables up and be creative. And so. We're creative. I just haven't come up with anything yet, so I have no idea what we're going to do in this space. But we'll certainly do something.
0: I suppose if you have to be in California, uh, San Diego is just—it's one of my favorite places. And I, you know, I was born in California. I've spent a lot of years living and working in California, and San Diego was the kind of place for us where my wife and I would go to, um, you know, to to go to some really nice restaurants, some really. Uh, not only like super fancy restaurants there's there's really good restaurants in San Diego but there's also these little mom-and-pop places that are so genuine that it, that it's just amazing the food that you can get in there and then of course the beautiful uh, the ocean how it comes in there with the harbor and everything um, the only bad thing about San Diego is is that some gang of, of you know, uh, a gang of thieves and robbers put a fence across through the middle of it and proclaimed <laughs> half of it is bad and half of it is good, and, and then they used force to make it like that. And the other bad thing about San Diego is um, if you head north out of San Diego, you pass through some beautiful country and some wonderful people, and then you hit L.A., and it's just like, yeah. man, oh... <laughs> But if you can survive getting around L.A., then there's some really nice places in California that, uh, you know, that I miss a lot. And I really wish I could get back and see places like Morro Bay and, and the beautiful coastline. And, uh, but, you know, I just don't think I, – I can't say anything about the future solid because I don't have control of the future. But I just can't imagine a scenario in my mind where I would say, yeah – I think I'll go to California. I, I just can't imagine that because I would have to give up so many things that are important to me um, that, that I'm not sure that I could that I could really do that.
1: Yeah, I, I lived in Los Angeles uh, when I was younger, a number of years ago now. And uh, I, I don't know why I picked the worst city in the whole state. Um, you're, you're so right. Uh, uh, I mean, LA is a wild time. It, it was fun. You, you don't forget the, you know, you only remember the good times, that kind of thing. But, uh, but you're right. San Diego's so much better, and then there's a lot of Northern California that I'm yet to explore. But, but like I said, people live there for the weather, and they deal with the statism. So I, I, I couldn't do it. I don't. I don't see a reason to move there. But uh, uh, that's why people live there, I guess. <laughs> the weather. The weather, not the state.
0: So uh, what kind of projects have you got going on right now?
1: Uh, so I don't know. So, you know, we, we built this whole thing up for, for Porkfest, and, and, and we'd previously gone to the uh, Bitcoin conference under the Bitcoin Not Bombs banners. And people kept asking me and, and Davi at uh, Porkfest, they said, so what is Bitcoin Not Bombs? And, and the only thing I could think to reply was, well, you're wearing the T-shirt. You tell me, you know, what it is. <laughs> I mean... It could it could just be a good looking T-shirt. We've at least accomplished that, and uh, and and I don't know. So like where it goes from here. Um, so but a lot of people don't get why we would do such a thing. But we're we're taking a, a principled stance and sort of applying it to Bitcoin, right? Like if if you want to be an agorist, if you want to be off grid, if you want to avoid taxes or conveniently forget to pay them or file them, um, is Bitcoin a solution for you is it an option for you to use to subvert the state? Um, and in general, Bitcoin is. But the problem is, um, so these merchant processing companies and sort of the, um, the, the traditional banking infrastructure and the ways that we that we we, we use Bitcoin and dollars um, is not. Uh, there's there's sort of a record going on, and, and financial institutions know what you're doing. So, a lot of people have tried to. Uh, show that Bitcoin is this wonderful wet dream of, a, of a, you know, the libertarian's wet dream of an alternative currency. And I'm not really completely sold yet. I'm a big fan of Bitcoin. I've got a few, and and, uh, and I hope they, they rise and don't fall. But uh, it's still sort of an experiment. And so when you approach it from this sort of principled stance, you know, okay, can I avoid taxes with this? The answer is yes. You can avoid taxes by using Bitcoin, but sort of the other third-party companies that are coming up around it are very eager to get you involved with the state. They're very eager to be regulated and to be above board, and they're they're, they're sort of going um, to the government and saying, okay, we want to make a million dollars, and we want to be the next big thing in Bitcoin, and we want to be the Facebook of Bitcoin. You know, how far do we have to bend over, and and what regulations are you going to, you know, give me? And uh, that was what we saw at the Bitcoin 2013 conference. Uh, It was a it was really sort of dirty um, and to me. It was it was it was very wrong, and, and a lot of people were there um, just to sort of get an understanding of how they were going to be regulated, and and how that was going to help them make money um, by applying state force to its users essentially. So. If an agorist or somebody approaches me and says, okay, you, you have this website, you obviously know something about Bitcoin, I want to use Bitcoin, but I don't want to pay the government a cut. I don't want to give them a cut of my sales. I sort of have to tell them, well, you don't have a lot of options that way. You can go sign up with this merchant company over here. But if the, if the IRS ever decides to call this merchant company and, and ask for a record of what you've been doing in Bitcoin, they're going to hand it right over and you're no better off now than you were taking credit cards on your website." Sure, it's a little cheaper, it's a little easier, but um, you're still sort of in the government system that way. So I guess, I, I have I don't think we've gotten to this point yet with Bitcoin.bombs, but I think that's that was something that I wanted to accomplish, is I wanted to be able to express to people, yes, you can use Bitcoin to subvert government and not pay taxes, and that makes me happy because we're sort of trying to starve the beast here. Um but this is how you have to do that, and there, there are pitfalls, and there are things you need to avoid, and there are companies that are not Bitcoin, and, and people need to understand that, especially a lot of the, the, the new people who are inexperienced who are rushing to this currency to say, yes, I'm told Bitcoin is the promised land. Bitcoin is, is, is this new, great alternative currency that's going to help me um, starve the beast and, and, and take away a power from the state. Uh, but they have to be careful of how they do that. So I think I think that's sort of that was my sort of reasoning for getting behind the project. Davi may have had a completely different reason. I don't know. Um, you know, we've we've joked that Bitcoin not bombs is is all kinds of silly things. Like we want to be the first. Uh, uh, you know, we want to sort of be a, a Satoshi book of, of, of first world records and be a, a sort of a, a, a committee to award people titles in the Bitcoin. Like just silly things that we just sort of. A joke about, um, because it's, so this is building on the success of the projects that Davi and I um, did last year and the Don't On Meme thing, is is you is you create a slogan like this and you let the people define it themselves. So I don't have to really tell you what Bitcoin Not Bombs is, it's just going to sort of figure itself out. And, um, and that's why I, I was asking people, you know, what does it mean to you? Uh, because that's really important. You bought this t-shirt and yeah, it's a great looking t-shirt, but what does this mean to you, and why are you so excited about Bitcoin, and what is it about this sort of anti-war sentiment that, that, that really resonates with you? And when I can get the feedback from people at, at events like Porkfest, um, then we can sort of move forward and decide what it is that we want to do with this project. So to answer your question, Ben, I have no idea what my next project is. <laughs> we just what? sort of figure it out as we go.
0: Well, I have two quick thoughts on on what you said. One is from a Quaker point of view, you know, Quakers uh, constantly are looking for ways to not fund war or to divert money away from war. And if if you can use bitcoins or precious metals or bartering or anything else to do that, then, uh, you know, then that's a positive thing. The other thought that I had was... um, where was I with? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> thoughts are like butterflies. Anyway, uh, the other thought that I had was that um, you know I've I've always looked at Bitcoin as a stepping stone, not not the be all and end all, but as a sort of a proof of concept of things that are to come that will that will come into the market and be alternatives. And I don't necessarily think we need to be completely one hundred percent sold on anything. But as we watch these things, and this is how markets work, we watch uh, the different products come and go, and we figure out what we like and what we don't like. And then in the end, the the market decides, and you know, supply and demand, and all these things that that work in the marketplace. And who knows if it'll be bitcoins? Who knows if it'll be something we can't even imagine now? Or, you know, we might go back to some kind of gold or silver or or whatever. But one way or the other, the idea uh, to me is I know that fiat government backed currencies ultimately crash. And so the better condition I can be in when that happens, the better off I'll be, whether that's in bitcoins or whether it's in silver or whether it's in, you know, buckets of, of uncracked corn, it doesn't matter as long as my money, as long as my value, my wealth is not sitting in, you know, paper or numbers in a bank that can just vanish at the whim of, uh, of, of some despot.
1: Well, I, I completely agree. And I, I, I... I think you're you're right about uh, Bitcoin not being the end all. I just I have yet to of the other sort of altcoins and and some of these other ideas that have sort of developed from it. Um, I haven't seen one yet that, that I think is going to uh, take off what Bitcoin has. But you're right. This is sort of the proof of concept um, that digital cryptocurrencies is a reality now. Uh, and and we'll see it, it. It we may end up with Bitcoin 2.0 or altcoin whatever, and and that may be the the thing that we end up using. But at the moment, it's certainly a wild ride to be in Bitcoin, so I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm speculating, and uh, you, know, you win and lose when you play that game, but uh, uh, things are okay, and, uh, and right, I'm, I'm able to I'm, – I'm good, you know, I, I'm, I'm able to, to, to interact, you know, um, Dobby put, pinned an article on Bitcoin Not Bombs, and it said the problem with Bitcoin is, is dollars, and he was talking about some of the problems you have converting from uh, dollars to Bitcoin and bitcoins to dollars. But actually, when, when you take that, that away and, and you just interact between bitcoins and silver, it becomes very easy. Like we mentioned before, you can buy precious metals um, from Amaji and others like Roberts and Roberts. But I can also sell silver uh, on sites like BitMit uh, and actually get, uh, acquire a premium for them and receive bitcoins. So... Uh, so I can go both ways between silver and bitcoins fairly easily. Um, and that makes life uh, a lot simpler. And when you look at sort of the exchanges, and, and like I was saying before, when you start interacting with the legacy banking system, that's when they record of what kind of what you're doing with your money. And that's, that's sort of something we want to avoid or I'd like to avoid. So, uh, So when I look at ways of, well, okay, I got some bitcoins. Well, now I need to get them into dollars because I need to pay my rent or whatever the situation might be. One of the solutions is now, well, I can just buy metals from Amaji, get them delivered to my house, and then if I really need the dollars to pay my rent, well, I can just take the silver uh, to the coin shop and sell them at the coin shop, and I'm going to lose some money in that process. But, you know, I'm still going to lose money if I go through Coinbase and have it deposited into my Wells Fargo account. So, you know, it's how much money you're going to lose, and, and you're, you know, you're always taking a hit when you're converting from one currency to another. Uh, but are there ways to do that that lessen my dependency um, on the Federal Reserve and that, 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 that deny them a transaction, deny them a taxable event. Um, that's what I want to do. Um, that's sort of been the, the theme or the reason that I've gone to Porkfest the last few years, um, is to experiment with these ideas, the silver dime cards and the shire silver and, and, and trading and, and this sort of stuff. And now I can come home and I can apply those things to my everyday life and I can reduce my dependency uh, on the dollar and that to me is a great thing because like you said it's it it doesn't stop wars but it at least is, is a solution to just to, to starve the beast and uh, and to not allow them to fund this, this militarism around the world i mean it's that cut and dry you know that's if there's a lot of issues to get behind there's a lot of uh, causes to champion uh but you know w- war is something that that this country has done really well for a long time and i'd like to see an end to that
0: yeah, definitely, and that's an area that we're we're certainly on the same track in in that area, and I and, you know I really appreciate that uh, you guys have worked with at, at Bitcoin Not Bombs. You guys have worked with several different charities, including Antiwar.com. dot com. Uh, in trying to the move the discussion in that direction. That's uh, one of the really good things about, you know, you ask, what does uh, Bitcoin not bombs mean to you? And that's one of the things I think of. The work you guys have done with Free Aid mm-hmm. and the work uh, with, um, uh, who did I just say? <laughs> Angela Keaton uh, at um, yeah. uh, antiwar.com. Anyway... Um, I, I'm looking at my messages coming up here from Skype, and it's telling me again that we're having connection problems. So we probably ought to wrap it up and uh, not push it too far, or otherwise we won't get a good ending to the podcast here.
1: No, that's that's fine. It's uh, It's been enjoyable. Uh, I, I really did enjoy spending some time with you and your wife and, and at, at Porkfest, and it's great to, to chat with you on the uh, interwebs.
0: Yeah, it was really nice. And so... Um, Folks should check out Bitcoin, Not Bombs. Folks should check out the other people that we mentioned, Free Aid, and, um, let's see, who else did we say, uh, Don't Tread on Meme still, is still there and, uh, they still some, have some cool stuff and, um, who else? We should mention Ernie Hancock again. He uh, was great meeting Ernie, uh, from, from, Fre- from Freedom's Phoenix and, um, and Davi Barker, um, who else? Oh, and the uh, the uh, tool bus <laughs> names keep popping in my head.
1: Yeah, make sure you uh, find, find them on Facebook. But for for guys that missed that story, just real quick, a guy converted an old school bus into basically a garage with all his power tools and storage space and shelves and you know hammers and nails and all this stuff. And he's a mobile construction zone in New Hampshire. So look out for the tool bus, and his very talented uh, two daughters there.
0: Yeah, his older daughter, both the daughters are really amazing girls. They're very bright, uh, very, I mean, you can just tell that they're, that they're on it, you know. Uh, you can just see it in their eyes and listen to their speech. The older daughter is a very talented artist, and she's come up with some pretty good designs. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe Porkfest 2014 might want to incorporate some of her art, because it's, it's pretty amazing.
1: Well, if they don't, we will. So, uh, you know, (laughs) Dobby Dobby already got fired up for next year. So, um, you know, you always start planning a year in ahead. So we'll see everyone next year with a, a new bag of tricks.
0: Hey, Drew, thanks a lot for coming on the show with me. I really appreciate the time.
1: Hey, thank you, sir. Have a great travel out there, okay?
0: Hey, I'll do that. Thanks a lot, buddy. Take care. Bye. So that was my interview with Drew, and I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening today, and remember to visit badquaker.com where liberty is our mission. Thanks a lot, folks. Bye.